0: Hello, and welcome to Better Work Days, a show dedicated to helping everyday professionals create better days at work. I'm your host, Andy Morrison, from Real Custom Training, where we design and deliver professional development workshops that are relevant, engaging, actionable, and lasting. Each week on Better Work Days, we'll be taking a look at a specific concept, skill, or story that we use in our workshops. We'll make sure that they're easy to understand, fun to learn about, and most importantly, that they can be applied immediately in the workplace as soon as you finish the episode. Thank you for joining us. It's time for Better Work Days from Real Custom Training. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Heather Butterworth. Uh, You're catching us, what's the phrase, in media rest? I think that's what they say when when things just start in the middle of a scene. Heather and I just did, folks, you have to take my word for it. We just nailed the intro to this. Absolutely (laughs) nailed it. And then I realized we weren't recording, so now we're we're starting over. So well, uh, we have Heather, smiles, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, we. I do feel more comfortable now. But uh, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So, so I'm welcoming Heather Butterworth. Heather is the first guest on Better Work Days. She is one of the members of the instructional team here at Real Custom Training. Heather runs our customer service workshops and our personal productivity workshops. Um, so welcome, Heather. Thank you for being our, our hey. first guest on the podcast.
1: Well, I feel like a second guest now, but it's great.
0: That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I really appreciate you coming on. And if you don't mind doing it again, can you, can you, yeah, no. can you be just as great and charismatic this time around I as you feel were the first time? more
1: <laughs> solid this time? <laughs> so
0: we've known each other. I still think of you as a new, like a new friend, colleague of mine. Right. But it's actually right. we're going on, I don't know, twelve to fifteen years probably that we've yeah. it's known no, each other.
1: No, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but it is however long you've been married.
0: Oh, so so about not ten. To, not to push so you. About there. ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Heather, I, I thought I thought we'd start if you want to tell everyone how we how we met, the nature of our our relationship. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, How it's going to tie into today's topic.
1: Perfect. So Andy and I met. I was a hairdresser as my daily grind and my job. Since then, my career has kind of advanced. I'm in a director position for a hair color company that's globally known now. But at the beginning, my grind, that's how I met Andy. And uh, his wife was a customer of the salon. And she came in and she was like, hey, we're getting married in a couple weeks. And I cannot leave my, you know, my fiance's hair up to himself. Can you please help me? And I was like, you know... I really. First of all, I really don't have a lot of male clients. Andy is one of three, you know? He knows he's special now. It's a select elite elite group. Oh, it is an elite group. So at the time she was like, yeah, you know, he'll probably never come back to you. And she goes, and I'm just gonna tell you that he has prided himself on this this game of never going to the same place twice to get a haircut because he hates the awkward silence. He hates all of that. So she's like, it'll probably just be this one time. I hope that that's okay. So Andy comes in, we do the haircut, we have good communication at the end, you know, he goes to pay and he's like, Heather, could I, could I come back again to get my haircut? was <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it works, Andy. <laughs> so ever since then, it's been every three weeks for the last 10 years. And yeah. then, yeah, and then as my career kind of advanced, and I got in to having more of a team and mentoring and doing training and stuff like that. We kind of would talk ideas back and forth. Then he started real and he asked me to come on, which was a crazy, like I was, I was so honored about that.
0: Yeah. Well, it was funny. Cause our, our careers were kind of parallel because at the time yeah. when we met, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't in the corporate training world. I was in education, but I hadn't gotten into the corporate training part so that, yeah, we kind of, we were on parallel paths of, Talking about yeah. workshops and how to get through to people, and um, and it's not often where I get to talk to someone who gets excited about like emotional intelligence and some of these topics <laughs> <So> that, <true. laughs> that people in this field nerd out about. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had no doubt once once I started real custom training, I knew that you would be a great instructor. I knew, yeah. and I was I was glad too because I think you're you were excited about getting to do workshops and and practice your your facilitating skills with some of the yeah. topics that we do at Real Custom Training that you don't always get to do in the other types of workshops that you're running.
1: Yeah. And what I loved about it too is, you know, at first I definitely remember saying, Andy, am I qualified to do this? And he's like, oh, stop. He's like, of course you are, you know? And it was just, uh, I think what made me feel comfortable was exactly what it is. It's, it's real talk. It's real talk about your work days. It's nothing that has to be like pretentious at all, but we want to get people in a room together and Talk about having to be better people. So I was totally up
0: for that. Yeah, and you've been and Heather. Heather's run her customer service workshop for us. She's run her personal productivity workshop, um, and she gets rave reviews. We do evaluations at the end of every workshop so that we can get directly from the participants their feedback on how it went. And and Heather. Heather's reviews have have confirmed my inclination (laughs) uh, that (laughs) that she'd be great at it. I had I had no doubt that 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 you would be, and it's been great. Great Thanks. having you on board.
1: Yeah, and I know it's been good.
0: Part of why, yep. Yeah, so part of why I ended up becoming a, a client of yours for so long was exactly like my wife said, I was bouncing around. I, I couldn't take the awkward silence when I'd go get my hair cut. Um, and so the yeah, the first time, the first time Heather cut my hair took care of me. I just loved sitting and talking with her. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm glad you accepted me and let me come back. And now get I'm
1: to my elite group. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's really because Heather's, it's a testament to Heather's customer service skills and your, your communication skills. Cause those are really the things that, that, you know, landed, got me on board as, as a long-term client. Cause I just frankly liked spending the time with you, which was yeah. a really important thing for me. Cause I, like I said, the, the awkward silence when I would get my hair cut, was just ex- excruciating. Um, you know, right? yeah, so so Heather's, yeah, Heather's a really strong customer service. like I said, she's our customer service specialist at at real custom training. um and she's a great communicator. So I was looking through some of her materials from her customer service workshop, and I pulled out a topic that I wanted to have her come on better work days to talk about. And so the topic for today's episode, is communication styles. And like I said, I was looking through Heather's customer service workshop materials when I pulled out this topic, but this is one that applies obviously in customer service, but really anytime you're dealing with other people and communicating with other people, this is a vital concept to know about. This is one that I know uh, our instructor Rocky Blunt has a similar he uses some different terminology but a similar exercise on communication styles i've used it in my workshops too and it's one of those light bulb moments for people where wow. it goes off and they say you know it's one of those things i kind of always knew this but i never really articulated it like yeah people do fall into these four styles in large part so heather yeah, yeah. Can, can you tell us about about the concept of
1: communication styles yeah you said it perfectly when you're like oh yeah i know about this but it has to be a practice behavior. It is something that once you start being able to identify the, the different um, communication styles, you just effortly are able to communicate with everybody incredibly more effectively. Um, and my background has given me that I might see eight to 10 different clients a day and every single one of them is going to be different. So My career really got jump-started once I started kind of looking at this and go, oh my gosh, I have to uh, be able to identify people's styles quickly because we don't have a lot of time together and I want them to feel comfortable. So how can I adjust the way I communicate with others so that I get the most out of them and they can get the most out of me? So this, yes, in a workshop setting like this for corporate needs, a thousand percent is going to make your life better. But in addition to that, your everyday relationships. The way you communicate with your kids, the way you communicate with your husband, your best friends, like your life just opens up once you start actually practicing some of these techniques.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's a great point. I I think that I don't really market real custom training as personal development, but it is, you know, totally. you come take a workshop on conflict resolution. We're going to talk about how it applies at work, but you're going to take it home. You're going to use it with your spouse. You're going to use it at the little league board of directors meeting, whatever you're involved in. Yeah, all this stuff, like it, we're, we're looking at it through the lens of the workplace, but it's all life stuff. This is all of it well, applies it outside of work, too.
1: I mean, no part of you, Andy, at the end of the day, like takes off your real custom training hat and doesn't think about work the rest of the day, right? Like, no,
0: I literally wear the hat around the house.
1: Oh, naturally. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, do. of course. That's,
0: you can see it. It's behind <laughs> you. You got to make sure
1: your household knows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it really. It our lives of personal lives and our work lives do mesh together. And to think that they can completely be separate, you know, we got to think more outside the box that way, find mm-hmm. more ways to practice this kind of skill. So,
0: yeah, you'll like, I think you'll like the results you get. I always tell, yeah. I try to tell people, like, we don't necessarily know what you should or shouldn't do. And there's no right or wrong, but it's, it's, it's more along the lines of if you're not loving the results you're getting, try this out. We find that a lot of people get better results when you try this stuff out. And if it works for you, then run with it.
1: Yeah. And really, it's just a conversation about awareness, right? If we -hmm. can be more aware about how we go out into our workplace, uh, in turn, people will begin to trickle down and be more aware of us and our needs too in terms of style. So yeah, so we're going to kind of talk about the four uh, communication styles that there are. And I love this next slide that Andy is going to give out because it really helps you To have some clear identifiers as to being able to pinpoint the different kind of communicators that are in your work orbit so the first one that we have is a director um then we have a thinker a an expresser and a harmonizer so each one of these is going to have its own unique identifying characteristics that i'll talk to you guys about in a second but you're going to be able to kind of pinpoint people in your office and i really do Really, really encourage you to do this. I want you to put people into these groups and think about what you can do in order to change your everyday engagements with them. Uh, and I promise you, you will experience better results. So, first we'll talk about uh some identifying features of the director. So, the director, these are going to be people that are incredibly goal-oriented and goal-focused. They tend to say it like it is, they don't beat around the bush, they're going to be really direct, they're going to make fast decisions. Um, sometimes they can come off as insensitive or intimidating because of that directness and they're always on the go. They're the people that never, ever, ever stop. So I'm sure in your workplace, you're already like listening to this. You're like, ping, ping, ping. I can think of all these people that are this. That's great. So we're going to keep them in one category and then jump over to our thinkers. Our thinkers are going to be the people around you who are incredibly task oriented They're list makers. I am so incredibly guilty of being a list maker. Uh, They tend to do things by the book. They can appreciate um, rules and structure. They speak very deliberately because they've usually rehearsed it a couple times in their head. They want to make sure that they're coming off as intentful as possible. They believe there's a wrong and a right way to do do things. But they can also, because they're thinkers, they can kind of get in their own head and tend to kind of procrastinate.
0: Yeah, that analysis, oh. uh, no, per, what, paralysis by analysis. Yes, yeah,
1: completely, yep. completely. And then we have our expressor. These are going to be people that truly are expressive in nature. They're people-oriented. They're animated. They might talk a lot with their hands. They're easily excited. They have incredibly expressive gestures. They kind of think out loud and they let their ideas just kind of free flow out of them. But because of that, they can sometimes tend to be a little bit imprecise. So they can kind of get you know, lost in the details a little bit, but their excitement is is usually quite infectious and it gets the ball rolling really well.
0: Yeah. Kind of your big picture, your <clears throat> your idea people.
1: Yeah. As, and as Owen hype- Wilson
0: says in Wedding Crashers, I'm an idea man. I'm an idea man. Yeah. I'm
1: always like, these are my hype men, my hype men and women yep. in my life, my expressors. They're awesome. And then last, we have your harmonizers. So your harmonizers are the people that just want to make everybody around them happy. They're incredibly relationship oriented. They're loyal to a fault. Um, this might be someone that, you know, you continue to do business with, even though it doesn't really work for you anymore. But, you know, this kind of person is really attached to those relationships. I tend to avoid conflict at all costs, uh, but they are incredibly sensitive to others. And they do tend to overcommit because they just don't really want to say the no word. So I'm sure at some point you've come across someone who's been each one of these things. And just in the back of your head, think about how those relationships worked and maybe identify what your own communication style is. Uh, Andy, what do you see yourself being out of here?
0: Oh, I am a predominantly expresser.
1: Okay. Professionally?
0: Yeah, it depends. Ooh, it depends. Yeah, no, that's, I know it does. That's, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I think professionally, um, professionally, I'm I'm really a harmonizer too. I've okay, always, and, I, and I think that's the uh, some of the stuff you get shaped in childhood. Like I'm the youngest of three, so the youngest yeah. kid always tends to kind of be the the peacemaker or the yeah, you know, the clown. Um,
1: you've got to comply. <laughs> yeah, and then
0: and then you know, but I'm also running a small business, so. There's times where I'm naturally I'm naturally more in the thinker, expresser, harmonizer areas. But but then as I call it, you got to learn you got to learn what your grain is, right? That's yeah. my grain. And then you got to professionally go against your own grain at times. So even since yeah. starting real custom training um, and probably throughout my whole professional life, I've been working on, okay, how can I be more of a director type? How can I act like that even though it doesn't come so naturally to me?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I know it has to be practice. And I kind of ask that, you know, professionally versus personally, how are you? Um, I talk about this a lot in trainings that I do. And a lot of the past classes we've done, it's been really interesting because people say exactly what you just said. Oh, I don't know if I can pick one. Or yeah, in a workplace setting, I'm this person. But Mm -hmm. personally, I'm this person. What's really interesting is that your workplace version of yourself and your personal version of yourself tend to split into these two separate columns. So you're either typically a director at work but a harmonizer at home or an expresser at work and a thinker at home. It's uh, funny that it always goes kind of across. So it's interesting that way. So I think that if, you know, you you find yourself, you know, channeled just into one box, really think about the other skill set that you have you know, in your personal life and how you can bring forward some of those tasks. I think it's just so interesting that it always goes across the board Mm. instead of in the same column. Yeah. You know, and
0: and yeah, it's, it's important. I know anytime we, in the workshops, when we bring up these categories, um, it is so important to remember, yeah, no, one's going to be a hundred percent of one type all the time. It's, it's always going to vary whether it's how you are at work or at home or even, uh, in different situations, you know, different circumstances, you may you may act like more of a director than a thinker based on the circumstances. It's always going to change. But, you know, when you talk about patterns, if you look at it in that regard, you kind of can see, all right, that person's pattern tends to emulate more of the director style than the thinker style. And then and then you can kind of you can kind of bet on that as you move forward with them, that chances are they're going to approach it with the director mindset.
1: Right. Well, even like, you know, if you're going into a meeting with a whole bunch of people and maybe. Your supervisor or your lead is that person that comes with a list every time. You know, you're going to sit there and go, okay, they're definitely a thinker. If I'm going to, you know, meet them in the middle somewhere, they would probably really appreciate if I'm an expresser coming to this meeting with a list, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so finding ways that you can get more out of each other is totally key. So these are the identifying characteristics of these different styles. But the next slides we're going to go into, we'll go into how to communicate with the director. So, okay, we've identified that's who they are, but now how? what tools can I bring to the table that's really going to help me? So typically when dealing with a director, um, they want you to be clear. They want you to be brief. They want you to be precise. They don't mm-hmm. want to beat around the bush for anything. Let's just get to the point and get it done because they are ready to move on to the next thing. Okay. Yeah. They're solutions-based people, I've <laughs> heard- is great.
0: I've heard this. Uh, as I said, we've used this with Rocky, and he's got some different termino- terminology. He uses driver instead of director. Yeah. But yeah. And, and I always think of that that driving force. You know, especially yeah. a lot of the people we we work with, a lot of manufacturers, and they're they're drivers because I mean it's the ultimate time is money kind of environment. Oh, so totally. absolutely, it, it's they're just they you if if they've got you down for fifteen minutes on the calendar, they mean fifteen minutes, and just get absolutely. to it when you get there.
1: Absolutely. And it will always say, like, just tell me the who, the what, the where, the why, and then like, we'll figure out the how because Mm -hmm. there's still solution based people. But get that that quick, hard hitting information out first. Again, skipping the small talk, they don't appreciate it. They just don't. Um, Highlighting your key points whenever you're coming to a meeting or having any kind of information with them, skip the nitty gritty detail. It's just not going to go far with them. Um, find out what their goals are and provide options that have clear costs and benefits. This is huge because you just said this, Andy, and, you know, manufacturing, you have to be a director or a driver in the situation. So this just kind of drives that point home. They're looking for, you know, the clear costs, the benefits, the features against all of the, all of it. Um, concrete data is huge for these kind of people. Um, I tend to be a director professionally And um, I don't want to even basically explore an idea unless you haven't come to me with all the reasons we should. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I totally see that about myself. Um, And I see a lot of myself here. And um, yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. So that's how you identify with them and then how you can be your best at work with someone who's a director. Okay. After that, we have communicating with a thinker. a thinker, these are the people that say less and basically are in their head a little bit more. So they don't need a lot of small talk. They don't need a lot of socializing. They want to get the concepts in their brain. and They want to kind of sit and marinate with them. Um, they really do better when you were kind of like present an idea and then back up and let them sit with it for a minute. If you go too full steam ahead too fast, they get too lost in their thoughts and they just shut down. Okay. So that is definitely helpful. The biggest thing to a thinker in order to like make them happy and suffice them is make sure that you follow through on your promises because they are thinking at the end of the day about what came through and what didn't, and they're going to hold on to that more. If you don't make good on promises to a thinker, they suddenly will get in that mindset where like, I'm going to remember every single time it didn't work out. And I'm just going to pretty much avoid as much as I possibly can, because they're typically people that don't want to be disappointed either. Um, The other big thing is once you've let them go and give them the space they need to kind of process ideas or something, you need to be able to be prepared to come back and revisit those conversations with more detail. Okay. So they're, they're kind of like the, you know, you, you might put a director on a stove and crank the heat on high. And then with a thinker, you're going to put them on a simmer burner. You're just going to kind of let it kind of happen. So that's definitely the most effective way to deal with a thinker, and you might revisit a lot of conversations back and forth again and again. But they're just going to process those bits of information at a time.
0: And again, you'll get better results from them if you give them that time to let it marinate before totally. Because I a mean, decision.
1: how? I mean, I'm the same way too. If you come at me with too much, I just I shut down. I've got to process a bit. So, yeah, with your thinkers, understand when it sometimes it's more beneficial to actually do nothing than to constantly drive forward. Awesome. And then we're gonna talk about your expressor. Your expressor um, couldn't be more different than a director, really. They really want to take the time to build a solid relationship with them. They wanna be able to socialize with you and know you more at a personal level. Um, And for them, typically that comes down to respect. They need to like you as a person and morally align their thoughts with you in order to get that trust. They typically like to create that fun, lively atmosphere. They like new and diverse elements. They're not people that are typically tied down to um, n- not accepting of change. They really do like that fun. Um, they do need a list of priorities. So, if you've got someone in your office who has wonderful skill sets, but they're a little bit of a scatterbrain, they might be an expressor. So, you know, having taking the time to make sure that they know what they can be doing at all times is important. Um, they don't want to talk about the boring material, the nitty gritties They want to talk about the ideas and let somebody else deal with that kind of other stuff. Um, After a meeting, again, they can tend to get really excited about ideas, but not have a really strong uh, blueprint of what to do next. So making sure that when you do your meetings with them, they know exactly who's doing what next and by when. That's The biggest thing with an expressor is making sure that they're closing on their deals and that we're not just, I mean, we have this all the time. I see it at work. You sit down with people and everyone just puts all the ideas on the table and then you close the meeting and you were like, and we did nothing today, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. nothing accomplished. It's frustrating. And as a director who's solutions based, I'm like, yeah, we got all this, but what do we do with it? You know? So your expressors are going to need that coaching and okay, so we've got that down. Where do we come with a solution next? and espressors, they like to look good in front of other people. So I work in a predominantly male, uh, female dominated industry, but upper management of my industry is all men. And it's funny because there's times when I've got to put my own female ego aside because I am dealing with an espressor. And if I'm going to have a good working relationship with this person moving forward, I might have to do that. Or I might go, you know into a different manufacturer and have those same kind of things everyone wants to look the best in front of their peers as possible so motivate them with praise for sure okay and lastly we have harmonizer um these people you need to be patient with they want to see you show sincere interest with them as a person you need to explain thoroughly if there's ever any kind of change in your workplace this is why it's happening this is when it's happening. This is how this will kind of trickle down. They need to see the system to appreciate the system. Um, they are people that if you just focus on their feelings, which I know a lot of times we're like, dude, we're at work. We're not here to talk feelings. but if you just acknowledge them once in a while and validate them, they will give you more at the end of the day. Okay. And, uh, Never push these kind of people into a corner. You will never get what you need because they just want to make people happy. So it really is more of the feels kind of person. And for someone who's a director, that might be hard. But at the end of the day, if you can just come down to a different level and and talk to them as if they're a person, not just a workhorse, they'll give to you endlessly.
0: Do you have you found Heather? Does it help if because uh, we're talking about you make an assessment of other people? Yeah, um, whether they're a harmonizer, what are the benefits of both parties, you and the other person, each having an idea of each other's style so that I know oh. I self identify? Oh, yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit more of an expresser. And I know Heather's more of a director. I, I what are the benefits when it's a when it's a two way street of understanding?
1: The benefits are, you know, I have a story where I work with another girl who's completely on the other side of the country. I tend to be the creative vision and she's my logistics person. She knows that about me. She knows I don't want to sit down and talk those things. So being able to, we both know how each other are. She picks up the things that she knows I don't want to pick up and vice versa. So we're able to be this powerhouse together when we both understand what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, and we're just able to be better for each other every single day. And then you get to do more of what you like every day because you're working with people that understand how you work. We can sit there all day long and complain about our bosses or they're not gonna change, no one around us is gonna change or you can just identify things about yourself, make tiny tweaks every day to make the working relationship more valuable. So, I mean, I think every workplace should be thinking about communication styles and how people come together. This might even help build teams better um being able to identify each other and understand where everybody's coming from.
0: Oh absolutely it works the best that way. Yeah. If you're putting if you're putting people on a project together, don't yeah. don't don't pick four thinkers. No, you know? don't or if pick you've four got,
1: directors, there'll yeah, be if blood. You, <laughs> if you've got
0: an expressor who's got the idea, um, and you love the idea, you love the vision, but you then you know okay, they're gonna need a little bit of help with the execution. And, uh, you know, Heather's, Heather's a bit more of a thinker. I'm going to partner them up on it so that they can kind of offset and offset each other's weaknesses and complement each other's strengths.
1: Totally. And I mean, we see that all the time with directors. You come with, this is the way I want things, but then you've got your thinkers that I always call them the Swiss cheese method people where that you come and you, you poke a whole bunch of holes in the plan and see it backwards and inside out and up and down. And a lot of times the director isn't thinking that they're just thinking from like the black and the white matter. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when you're building projects and teams, you'd get so much more out of everybody if you had a well-rounded group of different communicators. Absolutely.
0: Well, this is great, Heather. Let me put it back up on the on the screen for everybody one last time. Here's your four, your four communication styles. So, yeah, as as we got into a little bit at the end, folks, there's a really broad application for this. Um, yep. between adjusting your style for your one-on-one communications to assessing the styles of your different team members and putting them together on projects accordingly. Uh, there's all sorts of ways that, you know, a good understanding of communication styles can influence the way you're going to communicate and the way you're going to operate at work.
1: Absolutely. It's infinite, really. Yeah.
0: Well, Heather, I really appreciate it thank you for, for I, as I, I said thank you for guinea pigging this with me because you're the first yeah. the first guest on well, Better Work Days we had a little technical <laughs> issue at the beginning but we got through it yeah it's all, it's we did all this one and a half
1: it. times one and a yeah. half times the thing you solid
0: oh yeah, yeah. so Heather you're obviously you've got an open invitation anytime thank we'll, you we'll thank pull some you. stuff yeah pull some stuff from your workshops or even uh, if an article you read an article and say Andy this would be good let's talk about it we'll, uh, we're, we're gonna all get right. you in the rotation a lot more often
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Heather. We'll see you again on a future episode of Better Work Days.
1: Sounds great. Thanks so much. Have a great day.